One, two, one, two. So, Luki, welcome to Let's Do Humans podcast. Oh, hi. Thanks for having <laughs> me. Sorry. Do you know what's strange? Because yeah, the way I t- tend to start my podcast, it always confuses people because I don't have like a, a format in regards to like how I started. So, I just jump into it. Boom. And then people get hella confused. It's like halfway through. It's like, wait, has the podcast started yet? Has the podcast started yet? But first of all, I want to apologise for getting you out of your house when it's so nice and hot outside because I know you'd probably rather be somewhere else than be locked up in here on the podcast. Do you know what? Um, No, it's absolutely fine. Like, it's actually... To be fair, I love the sun, so let me not even start complaining about it. But it feels nice to be inside with some cool water. Fair enough. Yes. It's not as cool, is it? Do you know what's funny? Before you came in here, I spent the last, like, 20 minutes, apart from doing my own work, like, I was, like, trying to, like, chase the um, flies out of the room. Because I had my window I had my window open for like the last couple of hours and ended up being completely swarmed by flies. I like, gosh, I've got a recording coming up soon. I can't be having a guest like flapping their arms around and stuff. So. I actually hate flies. Yeah. Um, yeah, they ain't cute. Oh, that's um, good. I've done a good job of getting rid of them. Yeah, yeah, you have. Uh, I can't stand flies. Like they actually have to die. Yeah. Which sounds so bad, but no, I'm sorry. It has to be done. Welcome, welcome. Can you tell us a bit about who Sarah is before we get this started? Who's um, Sarah Luke? Tell oh, us about yourself. What a... How do you okay? It's always the Sarah, hard one, isn't it? Like, who are you? The, yes, the life I know. question. Sarah Luco, who mm. am I? Mm. Okay, so obviously, I'm a poet, um, mm-hmm. I'm an author, yeah. Um, yeah, it's the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably like <laughs> thinking of my bio, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm a poet and an author. Yeah. Um, I've always kind of written poetry for like mm. a long time since I was in school. Like I proper loved poetry. Like I oh, loved sick. English. Yeah. Um, I was that kid who like loved their year ten anthology. Like I loved it. You was the um, one old person in the class that liked English. Hundred. Like, <laughs> trust me, I really did. Like mm. I worked hard for those A's. Yeah, I was like, yeah. yes. <laughs> but um, um, I just found that poetry was just the best way for me to express myself. Mm. But. Growing up, I just never, like... It was proper, like, my best-kept secret. Didn't tell anyone I was doing it. Um, And then, yeah, then, like, a few years ago, so about... What were we now? 2019? So, 2016. End of 2015, 2016. I was just like, why am I not taking it really seriously? Why am I not doing Mm. what I've always wanted to do? Um... And I tell you, sometimes life can take you through some traumatic events that will like really cause you to think like, yeah. why am I not living the life I want to live? Yeah, 100%. Um, and so, yeah, so I was like, all right, I'm going to take poetry seriously. And like, just, I guess to anybody, I just want to say that like, um, people are like, oh, you know, if I do this or do that, but it's just like, why not? Mm. Like, because if you, honestly, it sounds so cliche, but if you don't actually try, yeah. you have no idea. So at one point I thought, how can I have this passion that all I want to do is write poems mm. and not even try to but, take it but seriously? But what was that one thing for you, though? What was the catalyst that made you think, okay, I'm, I'm going to take out of the bedroom, I'm going to show my talent to the world right now? So, um, I'm think. so do you know what? Mm. I kind of was toying with the idea of I want to take poetry seriously, probably, yeah, probably about five, six years ago. So before... Mm. 2016 I was like yeah I want to take it a bit more seriously but I just didn't really know how to yeah. and um sometimes when you're like I guess talented in other mm. skills you just kind of pull it to one side as in yeah I'll come back to that so um 
But then when I was like, no, I'm going to do it. I was, I had come out of a long-term relationship. I was mm. heartbroken. I was like, look, yeah. She was the ultimate motivator, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to do something. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like mm. every, anyone who's experienced heartbreak understands that you go for a really awful time. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, it becomes less and less awful after, um, after a bit. And then you're a bit like, so what's going on with me? Because yeah. the, the thing about um, when you've been in a relationship for a long time, you can end up obviously losing yourself mm. because you know yourself like in that way um but then you get to a point where it's literally like a journey of rediscovery like you're a bit like what are my interests what do i like doing all of those things and so that's what had happened to me i was like why am i not living the life i want to live like it literally didn't make sense um okay, so why are you not living your truth basically yeah just, it, you it, you just it just just didn't make sense yeah um so there so i was so i was like you know what yeah, but, but you, you, you have a um, you have a transition which is a bit strange in in regards to like coming from like an African background. You went from finance into poetry. So, yeah, so do you know what? I never want to say I went from finance into poetry yeah. because I actually haven't fully left finance either. Like yeah. um, I'm quite blessed in the fact that um, I'm a contractor, and the mm. reason why I say this is because I don't want to give people a warped idea of how to do things. Mm. Um, when you have a creative idea or whatever, yes, trying to figure out a way how you're going to monetize mm. in that it is it is hard. Yeah, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. And I'm not an advocate for you want to do something so up and quit your job. Mm. Like just drop find everything. a way to work mm. around it, and then like bit by bit by bit things will start to make sense so luckily for me because i am a contractor i can go through periods of time where um i can really concentrate on solely the creative stuff until like which i'm working towards to get to a point where i can eventually be like all right goodbye finance Mm -hmm. kind of thing and yeah no it was a different kind of um yeah like coming from an african background um I don't even want to say like it's prescribed that you're going to be a certain thing, but obviously, you know, like your parents want the best for yeah. you, which is usually... And does it look to the traditional Exactly. Yeah. Um, and actually, to be fair, my dad didn't want me to work in finance. My dad actually wants me to be the prime minister. Okay. He, he still actually does. That like, can still happen. No, it happened. Off the board, um, which just got announced today, oh, actually. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. I'm, don't get me started on my political no. views, yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah, he really wanted me to get into politics. And so um, I have a law degree and like law is like our middle ground. But saying that though, I have to say like, I've got really supportive parents. Mm. I've always had really support. Like my mum mm. is so supportive. She's like, um, any, any kind of creative project that I've wanted to mm. do, because um, even though I do poetry now, that's not, that hasn't been the only creative thing that I've been involved yeah. in. But my mum, she's been an investor for me. She mm. has like been like, yes, if you want to do this. My mum's thing is that like, she knows how hard I work mm-hmm. and she knows my mindset. So she knows that I'm not going to, like she knows I'm not lazy. Yeah. She knows that if I really believe it can work, she's going to give me that space to be mm-hmm. like, hey, figure it out. Yeah, of course. She's like any mum. So she worries that every now and then she's going to be like, mummy, yeah. all right? Yeah. Like, what's going on? You cool? Yeah. Um, but on a part, I'm actually quite lucky. Like, once I got past a certain age, then my parents just literally let mm. go. I think they were just a bit like, all right, get through uni, yeah. then, 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 then ease but up. The, the thing with the support from parents also is that you have to give them something to support. 100%. Because most kids, they want their parents to support them, but they're not showing their worth or they're not showing any source of like talent or any movements. They're just talking about things and not proving it. Because yeah. th- there's this notion that African parents don't support creative um creative um, jobs and so forth but one thing I've realised is that they do support you as long as you give them something to see yeah, something yeah, to support yeah, yeah. if you're just talking about it then they're going to assume yeah. that you're being lazy or you're trying yeah, to find yeah. a way 
way out and yeah. easy way out. So it's great to it's great that you had your parents supporting you likewise as well. And ideally, when now you have kids, eventually I want them to explore their creative sources, but I also want them to be active in doing whatever yeah, it is that yeah. they do. So what was your initial um, like inspirations when starting off in poetry? Um, like who I the guess that you're looking up to. So in terms of my favorite poet, yeah. Um, so my favorite poet, and she's been my favorite poet for years, is a Somali mm. poet called um Wilson Shiray. She is the oh, most sweet. amazing poet. Mm. Um, only because I think she's just found a great middle balance between traditional poetry and poetry forms and mm. contemporary topics. Like she writes beautifully. Um, then have like obviously you know you got the greats like Maya Angelou and stuff yeah. like that. Um. But yeah, I have to keep like there's, there's so many poets that I feel like I'm inspired by. Mm. Like I can't even take away, even though I'm, I've almost mentioned um, more traditional page poets and people who write. Um, I can't even take away like my proper roots, which was when I was younger. I used to watch yeah. Def Jam poetry on repeat yeah. all the time. I, I love that. Yeah, um, Def Jam comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I loved how like. Um, how confident they were, how they were mm. able to give you a message. And the thing which I love about poetry is the fact that like, it always sort of walks you in slowly mm. and it almost just punches you in the gut. And I felt, I was like, Oh damn, I can feel that. Yeah. So, um, there's loads of different things that inspire me. Like I like, mu- like I like music a lot. Mm. Um, and I just like to feel something. So ultimately those are kind of like my influences. Mm. Um, but yeah. No, that's amazing. Um, as you were just touching on your poetry, there was one line that I was reading from one of your poems, um, which was, you're allowed to say you deserve more than this. Yeah. And there's a reason why I bring that one up, because I'm not sure if my interpretation is different from yours. I have an idea what your interpretation is, but I'll ask you exactly what your interpretation is. Um, one of my mentors um, says this to me all the time. He's like, if you're speaking to anyone, any individual or someone that's looking to, I don't know, motivate you or whatever, the moment that they tell you you're fine as you are, there is a problem. He goes, as human beings, we should always seek to be better. We should always seek to want better for ourselves in terms of like our self-personal mm-hmm. development. Mm-hmm. So when I read that line on one of your Instagram posts, it, that's that's the line that hit me. So I just wanted to know, what was your initial interpretation? Of, um, that's really that? interesting, actually, because um, so like on my Instagram, um, especially because I, I like so on Instagram, I love to be able to like put quotes out there, share my thoughts and stuff like that, especially while I'm away, like working on full length poems and yeah. all of that stuff. Um, but that particular, when I wrote that, like the start of the like last year, I had like a bit of a crappy year, mm. especially when it came to um, like personal relationships, yeah. setting boundaries of people and stuff like that. And so when I came into this year, I was like, look, there's clearly thing, there's clearly lessons in life that are worth learning and relearning. Mm. So actually, I started writing notes to myself, which is what I started to share on Instagram. So they were literally notes to myself. So when I wrote that, I was in. Um, yeah, I was traveling. I was actually in Cambodia. Oh, nice. And um, yeah, I, love I, I really Asia, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love traveling. Um, so yeah, I was in Cambodia and um, I remember thinking like about like a lot of things and being able to not say no when I needed to, mm. um, not understanding exactly like what I deserve. So actually being like, no, it's okay to be like, actually this friendship isn't good enough. Yeah. Or being like, or looking within myself and be like, actually you need to be a bit more accountable here because mm-hmm. you owe it to yourself and your character. Um, it's funny that you've taken it on board in terms of saying that if someone says that you're fine, yeah. that that it's funny. Cause I actually, I kind of, I agree and disagree because mm. I feel like self-improvement is so important. That's actually what I talk yeah. about. But at the same time, I don't want you to feel that the person that you are, like it's just, I don't want you to feel like it's um another thing that you're not good at. 
Yeah. Because ultimately, you are one being and um, you have many different sides of you. Things you're going to be great at, things you're not. Things you're going to be working on, things you can be like, hey, I can do better here. But when we have this thing and we have our life, we're like, all right, needs to be better. Yeah. It's like we are constantly like, there's, there's no point where we just sit back and we're going to be like, all right, let me enjoy the journey. Mm. Uh, it's yeah i think the thing is the thing with interpretation especially me interpreting your poems to yeah. suit me yeah, yeah, is yeah. that it's it's taken in different contexts based on who you are yeah. so myself and um, my, the person who told me this we're looking at it from a business sense yeah, yeah. so okay. so you see how someone yeah, how yeah. i'm taking what you're saying and, and input into my life something completely different that's the yeah. beauty of like any form of literature mm-hmm. is the fact that like um, i remember one of my favorite books that i read um I remember the author basically said, like, when you read these poems, like, don't look for me, look for you. Yeah. And I think when you do, like, especially with, like, my work, um, anytime I, like, I don't know, um, even when I'm signing books, I always say, like, I hope there's a poem in there for you because Mm. I feel like when you do read something, the first thing you try to look for is yourself. Like, sometimes um, the beautiful thing about poetry is that it can literally be a mirror. So you Mm. can read something and think, damn, like, I can see myself in that. 100%. So, yeah, like, I completely get what you're saying. Because for me, it was definitely a mirror, but then at the same time, I wanted to know what the author was thinking when they wrote it. Yeah, 100%. Because I I can take it and twist it to suit me at the time, but it's it's a great idea to also get the author's perception of it, which is fantastic. But what what I was talking about in regards to, like, the business side of things is that when you're developing or you're you're delivering a service to people, that you should always look to... Oh, of course. Always look to deliver the best. 100%. You know what I mean? And it's, if you're a business person or you're looking to improve yourself as a, as a entrepreneur or whatever it is, you should always look to try and improve yourself in areas that you can improve. Not the pressures of life, trying to be better at each stage. Because yeah, if you're yeah, always yeah. looking for more, there is no end to it, yeah, especially yeah. if you haven't got a set target. So You'll get sick very quickly. Oh, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You, yeah. you go into the dumps very quickly. <laughs> so it's, it's a great idea to... But um, you, you work a lot on Instagram. So yeah. um, a lot of your posts are like sort of like mini... Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. motivational um, scriptures what's the um, reasoning behind that in particular um so this is the thing um <laughs> with social media in general mm. is that as like um it's hard with any other service you'll be able to be like hey this is the mm. service do you want to get it or not mm. or this is me or if you're a musician maybe you could have pictures of you on tour and stuff like that yeah. which fair enough there are pictures when i do shows and stuff like that but um i found that actually um sharing little poems on Instagram, little quotes and stuff like that was like a really nice way of connecting with people. Mm. There are times where I get the most loveliest messages. That's one thing I have to be, I'm really, really grateful Mm. is that my online community isn't like a mean one. Like you can see there aren't any trolls. And if there are, and even if I do get trolls, they get swiftly deleted (laughs) and not entertained because I've worked Mm. really hard to create um, Mm. a safe space. So my whole thing is that if you come to my page, I want it to be a safe space. And although that sounds like a strange thing to attach to it, you'll be surprised how much like you can go on pages and like you're actually reading like really horrible stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. You're looking at it and it's, it's actually not very nice. And yeah, yeah, some things are hilarious and some things aren't very nice. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, you know what? I don't want this to be like my kind of page. I want mm-hmm. like, I think poetry for me has always been a safe space mm-hmm. and I want the, I want to create that for everyone else. So actually me um, sharing quotes here, sharing my thoughts here, sharing bits of my poetry was um my way of basically being able to connect with people and the great thing about like instagram and stuff like that is that you literally connect with people all over the world and when people send you like literally like pages and pages and pages of explaining how certain things have touched them or advice or whatever that's when you're like oh actually um 
this is really mm. and you're onto something aren't you? someone yeah. Yeah. yeah um so that's why i share on instagram yeah. i think what, what tends to happen is that um usually your your social media will be a projection of the energy that you're putting out there yeah. so as you're talking about these meme pages there's always horrible stuff on there anyway there's like people having random fights there's just ridiculously awful stuff so you're going to attract those type of individuals mm -hmm. but if you're putting out a certain type of love and energy out mm -hmm. there you're most likely going to reciprocate that which yeah. is ideal for the type of work you do and the energy you're looking to put yes. out there as well that's fantastic um so th there's, there's an interesting bit of content that you recently put out. you recently done a ted talk so congratulations yes. on that you. which was amazing I, I've, I've watched this several times times now <laughs> and um the, the title hit me <laughs> it's like no one's coming to save you right yeah or is that was that the title yeah, of your that speech is, yes yeah so can you elaborate a bit more about that speech and what what was <laughs> what was the uh, motivation behind it and what um, was it about so i had thought like so when i was um invited to give a ted talk i'm thinking like you know what will i talk about where did i come blah, from blah, blah. to start off with actually what was um, the progression to get that ted talk I woke up and got an email. Amazing. Um, which is really, which I'm, which is actually amazing because, mm. um, I know that with TEDx you can like, um, I think you can apply, apply and all yeah, of that stuff. Yeah. But I literally just woke up, got an email, said like, you know, we would love to have you be mm. one of our speakers this year. Blah blah. This is the theme. Would you be interested? Mm -hmm. And actually, at that time, I was meant to be in Vietnam. Um, but oh, so you cancelled your trip to do it. I went out later because oh, okay. I really wanted to do the TED talk, mm. um, <laughs> which cost me money to move around. <laughs> but yeah. um, it's it an opportunity, isn't it? Great yeah. opportunity, and I'm so glad because I met really lovely people on mm. that journey. But um, so yeah, with the title, no one's come to save you. I called it that because I thought to myself, like, out of everything that's happened over the last few years, mm. what have I actually learned? And although it sounds so. Um, no one's come to save you sounds a bit harsh mm. what i was trying to say is that you don't need someone to save you yeah. and i feel like people are always looking for something outside of themselves to mm. either get started or to carry on doing what they're doing mm -hmm. um as i said in my ted talk anyway there's like loads of people who are like there's always something else that you need to get so yeah. you've started this podcast which is amazing mm -hmm. but you could have easily been like oh well you know what? i've got this really cool idea but actually i don't have equipment so yeah. now we're gonna wait 200 years until you get equipment and yeah. then you get equipment and then nothing else really happens and then like we can you can't improve what you do not have yeah. like don't do you not like there's times i can read back some of my old work and i'm just there like oh cringe mm. but i also understand that that's always gonna happen because I can only improve unless I yeah. start. Like when I it's started, it's part of the process and the journey. Yeah, hundred percent. Like when mm. I started this journey, I knew nothing about like poetry as an industry, um, mm. even in the wider sort of um, literary industry as well. Like this, it's like a, mm. it's like an industry like anything else, yeah. and it's really competitive and it's not easy. Mm. Um, and so people might see like you know. Um, just a small quote here on Instagram, but they won't realize when you're working really hard because you are trying to, I don't know, attract an agent mm. or you are trying to get, get a particular show stuff, yeah. or like whatever. Like, there's, um, and then sometimes I can end up like I've gone to, so when I knew I want to take writing seriously, I started doing like workshops and stuff like that. And people forget that it's like any other craft that has to be mm. worked on the same it's way behind, yeah. you were in school learning how to write mm. better and all the techniques. Those are like all the techniques you need. Yeah. And you're up against people who have like amazing creative writing and stuff like that. Is that a daunting feeling though? So let's say you 100%. walked into one of the workshops and you have all these people with like vast experiences and catalogs, endless catalogs. What's that doing? How do you overcome that? Um, <laughs> you just got to stick at it. Yeah. Um, recently, so I'm part of a, um, a mentorship program in which I, in which basically I mentor um, young writers in Nigeria ages 19 to oh, 25. Amazing. Yeah. 
But um, so I just finished like a six week session with my mentee that I had. Mm-hmm. And um, you'd be surprised like how much I have to almost remind them that, mm-hmm. yes, this can be really daunting, mm-hmm. but do not let this demoralize you. Like um, I was giving feedback to a friend who's trying to write a novel yesterday, actually. And I was trying to explain to him that what I'm saying to you mm. isn't going to make you feel good. Yeah. Mm. And even if you have to take a couple of days out, even a couple of weeks out mm. while you get inspired again, while you gather yourself, like gather yourself up together because yeah. you're going to come back to this. And I say this because I remember my mentor, um, I remember I gave her a bunch of my poems and I was so excited. Mm. And, um, shut down. we had our, our, our session mm. and there was like red pen over everything. Gosh, over yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why have you used this word? Do we have to keep talking about this? Is there not another way to describe this? Yeah. And I tell you, like, I'll look at it like, but I thought I was good. Yeah. Like everyone on Instagram had told me I was really good. <laughs> like what's going on? Yeah. That's um, the harshest cr- crowd as well. Yeah. Trust me, it was like really, really hard. Mm. Um, and like, yeah, for a few days I was a bit upset. Um, mm. But then I was like, actually, I want to get better. And when you actually read the feedback, it's so constructive. Like now yeah. I know how to edit my own work. Mm. Um, for anyone who's writing, that um, people sometimes forget how much sometimes we repeat ourselves in a yeah. weird way. And you have to also chat. The whole point is challenging yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, someone could give you a task. I don't know. So I tend to write a lot about like life. So I write about relationships. I write about love. I write about being black. I write about all of that stuff. But imagine someone said, okay, write about everything you said, but do not use any of those words. Oh. Like, that's a task. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You have to be creative with it now. 100%. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's how you get depth to your work, mm. you know? And um, that's how I've learned along the way. So um, mm. in terms of getting through feeling like overwhelmed, the truth is, um, just stay in the game. You've got to stick yeah. at it. Like, if you need to take some time out because you're like, hey, like, I'm not feeling great mm. right now. All right, do other stuff. I always say when I'm not writing, I'm reading mm. because you want to keep being inspired. You yeah. want to be like, all right, okay, I'm not writing right now, but actually I read this thing, it was super mm. dope. Or I went to this show and it was amazing. Like, keep yourself yeah. inspired. And it's like constantly submerging yourself in the field of interest as well. So, 100%. yeah, you can say you're a part of something. Let's say you're a writer or a sports person, but if you're not completely submerged, you're never really going to grow with the industry, are you? So yeah. that's great. How, how was the overall experience, though, doing the TED Talk? Um, do you know what? So before the TED Talk, oh, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. I was so nervous. It's weird because mm. doing... um. Doing like a show and stuff, mm-hmm. like you're familiar with your own poems. Yeah. And um, although that can be daunting within itself, like, so I've got to the point where I've actually got some real great public speaking hacks that okay. have actually helped me. Such as go and help us um, out. <laughs> <laughs> which is why, like, it's funny when I did a TED talk, everyone kept saying, so you didn't seem nervous at yeah. all. And I was like, are you kidding me? My belly was as oh, for real. beforehand. <laughs> but, um, so one of my hacks is, is that um, anytime I do a show that I'm like really nervous about, mm. um, I'll, like I'll always wear a long, de- a long dress um, or What's, something covering my legs. And it just simply so that people don't see your leg shake. And you'll But be- you know, so, so just to touch on that, when, I mean, I, I was always under the assumption whenever I'm doing a public speaking that my legs were shaking. But when I yeah. ask people in the crowd, they never yeah, yeah, notice yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, So I think it's more of an internal thing than it is you external. You say this, but yeah. actually there was a lady who went before me. Oh, she really and, shaking. And um, she was so nervous and oh, she was no. holding a piece of paper and I told you the paper was like... No way. Yeah. And the problem about shaking mm. is that you um, throw off your audience so now your yeah. audience feels nervous yeah. as well. Mm. And that's what adds to the whole like tenseness. Yeah. And um, so what I found is that... So one of my hacks is that I'll wear something long or something that's not super like fitting unless mm. I'm feeling good about myself that yeah, day. Yeah, super confident just because about it, yeah. if in yeah. case just in case your legs do start shaking, no mm. one's watching your legs. Yeah. Um I also find that sometimes 
when you are in front of a very large crowd, literally the very first few words mm. can just come out shaky because you're scared. Mm. And I feel like when you can hear yourself, literally just pause. Doesn't matter. Because no, no one actually really knows you're pausing. That's the thing. So I okay. could be like, hi, everyone. My name is Sarah. But if I'm like, hi, everyone. My name is Sarah. Like, and if I can hear it coming out shaky. Yeah. Just stop for a second. Okay, so I've come here today to say X, Y, Z. And just, I'm telling you, just taking that pause allows you to get back in control because as you keep trying to talk through your shakes, everyone's mm. like, oh, damn, she's nervous. And it starts getting worse and worse. And worse 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so in terms of the so that experience, so mm. um, before the talk, literally in the dressing room before, I was, like, so scared. Yeah. Just because you're just like, oh, think, where did a, I get myself into? Yeah, such a yeah. serious platform. Mm. And you're like, what if I don't say it right? And this is like coming as a speaker as opposed to mm. coming as a poet. And I was just like, oh, how how's this going to happen? But mm. um, honestly, I couldn't have asked for like a warmer reception. Oh, amazing. People were so lovely. Um, the feedback was amazing. People that came up to me said some comments that I was like, oh my God, me. Yeah. Um, and then people asked me like, oh, are you going to be doing, like, why don't you do public speaking? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, because there's not much content. Slow down. <laughs> there's not even a lot of content in regards to you even reading out your poetry online. Yeah. Yes, it's so I'm, what's the reason? It's because I'm more of a page poet, so I do oh, okay. like readings and I write yeah. mostly. And um and I feel like in time like that stuff will all come. Mm. Um I'm so picky about like what I want out there. So I oh, love okay, visual art. Um I'm so like I I see so many visuals and I see and I told you as well, like I'm really into music. I'm into so mm. many different art forms and I love seeing the way poetry can cross between different yeah. art forms. But because I because I am like that, um I want to be able to give like a beautiful body of art oh, okay. and that takes time mm. and like not just churning out things because it's like, all right, she's here. This is what like, no, like you ever like read something or watch something and you think, wow, like they actually were able to create something that was timeless. Yeah. Like, yeah. You really put did, like, it all into it. Yeah. Like it's, it properly. it's actually timeless. Mm. Even if we're like, oh, we don't write like that anymore or mm. we don't do this anymore. It's still timeless. People can mm. still read it, still enjoy it. Still, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you're like for me, I'm like that's where I want to get to. I want to like write something that's timeless. I want to make visual art. So my um, so I'm working on new stuff now. And when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, this would be dope if I could have it like this. Yeah. Um, and that takes time. So I'm just like, in time, those things will come. Mm-hmm. But I want it to be completely organic, 100%. and I want it to be like of great quality, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, and that's I'm fantastic. Like, we'll definitely look look out for that. Um, there, there was another thing that you touched on during your TED talk, which I find quite intriguing as well. Um, you were talking about standing out, um, even well, standing out in a crowd, even if everyone's doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. making yourself stand out, can you just elaborate? Yeah. A bit so about that um, as well? I was the kind of premise of my TED talk was that you can still make moves mm-hmm. even if you're like you're not the one who looks particularly special and everyone's like it's you like you can still very much flourish when you're part of the majority Mm. and the reason why I spoke about that is that I feel like um we are always being told like oh it's because that person's special it's because you're special they've got a special thing they've got going on but then it's like so what happens to the rest of us do we just pack up and go home (laughs) like and just leave them too yeah Yeah, yeah. like it doesn't work Mm. like that like um Mm. and I find that the way you can stand out is by doing what you do mm. and doing it well. 100%. Because actually, it's that longevity that people will be like, all right. And 
reason I say doing what you do well is that um, with anything, you would you would need to work on your craft, build your craft, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And um, <clears throat> as you do that, you're going to naturally progress. Mm. And the funny thing is that the people that we're calling special were actually once like in the place that you're at. 100%. Like, yeah. But it's just because you're mm. seeing them now, you're like, oh my days, this yeah. person has got, I don't know... 10 books and they're touring around the world and they just signed a deal for seven figures and mm. whatever like and you're, you're literally as cliche as it is you are seeing their chapter 50 and you're yeah. like on you're not seeing the seven. backstory like, reading exactly yeah. so my thing is that if you want to stand out while you're part of the crowd do what you're doing and do it well because 100%. it doesn't actually matter that everyone else is doing it because mm. people are still going to come to you like if I didn't share my poems I'm like oh there's loads of pages on Instagram that share yeah. poems then I wouldn't be able to like do what I do. I wouldn't mm. have had like um, the opportunities that I've had if I was just like, all right, mm. someone else has already done that. Let me just. Yeah. But me- mentally, how do we break that boundary though? Because there's people out there with like inbuilt skills and it's wonderful that obviously you're putting out the motivation for them mm-hmm. to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. But how can we break that boundary of feeling shackled by the fear of our work not being unique or good enough? So I so. just feel like the only way you can break the boundary is literally watching more people do it. Mm. So like I've done it. And then in that time I've had countless emails, messages, people calling me. Mm. Oh, actually I've always wanted to write a book. How can I do it? Actually I've wanted to do this. How can yeah. I do it? And actually when they do ask me, my, my whole thing is that, are you willing to put in the work? Mm-hmm. Are you going to like, cause what I don't, I feel like as a creative, especially, um, there is a duty to put out your best. Mm. And I feel like sometimes people see the the end goal and they're like, yeah, I can do that. Let me yeah. just wake up tomorrow and start doing it. Yeah. But it's like, actually, like there is such thing as like bad poetry. There's like, there is such thing as a bad novel. That's why, that's why there I never are thought there was such who, thing as a bad poetry. Yeah, though. no, no, there is. Or maybe because and, I don't um, look too deep the, into it. The, the reason I say that is that I don't want to be like, oh, that person's poem is like trash. No, mm. it's not that. What I'm trying to say is that um, I can read the perfect poem and still not like it. Mm. Yeah. But it's still a good poem. It's followed um, poetic technique. Mm-hmm. It's got a great form. In terms of traditional standards of literature, it's followed. Mm-hmm. It. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, I might not necessarily like it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's a good poem. 100%. Do, do you see yeah. what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say is that like, um, if you are naturally good at something or if you know you're willing to put in the work to be good at something, mm-hmm. um, seeing other people take that leap to do it. Like since you've started this podcast, there mm-hmm. are people who are going to be around you being like, you know what? Like he did this podcast. Let me, I've been wanting yeah, to do 100%. mine and actually yeah. now I want to do it. So I just think we just need to see more people doing it. That's mm-hmm. it's even happening already. Like um, seeing more like, I don't know, people get more different kind of opportunities, whether from social media and stuff mm-hmm. like that has actually, um, inspired people oh definitely he's encouraged people to, to be actually like take hey yeah. there's another way to make different sources, um, mm. sources of income actually there's another way I didn't think I could do this and I mm. can try it that sort of thing no most definitely even since starting the podcast um, I've had people contact me regarding like equipment set up and how I went by even doing it initially and I was like you know I, 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 we were discussing it before the cameras came on about like the we, I done it the reverse way it wasn't something I was into and I kind yeah, of went into yeah. it and gradually started falling in love with the whole idea and concept but I was just like, dude, I got, I kind of got forced into it as in like someone told me it was something that I would enjoy and something that I'd be good at. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't want to put myself out there in the yeah. first place. I don't want to be out there. But then when I started doing it and then the feedback was coming in, that was also encouraging me. So yeah. it wasn't necessarily the numbers, it was the feedback in regards to what people were saying on a personal level behind the scenes. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this makes sense now. People are getting something out of it. Then th- th- there needs to be more 
of this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was under the assumption that anything that I have to present is already out there. So why do I have to do it anyway? Mm. But there's always an audience for someone and there's always someone that's going to visually prefer to listen to you than listening to someone else. So 100%. it makes sense to like get rid of that fear and just doing it anyway. So no, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. And obviously we mentioned earlier on that you're an author, which is like a fantastic achievement. Can you tell yes. us about Firstborn? Um, so Firstborn You're not a child, my, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's your um, baby, but yeah. It is, it is really my baby. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, basically Firstborn was my first collection um, that I released on International Women's Day in oh, 2017. Sick. Mm-hmm. and um that was just on like within the theme of what we've been talking about but that was literally me um starting i always say that firstborn for me is about starting it's about sharing like that particular mm-hmm. collection was very specific to me where i was at, at the time mm-hmm. it's um it's literally short poems that are all about my journey of self-discovery um and even though now i feel like i've grown so much as a writer since then mm-hmm. um and even though now my writing might look slightly different or whatever i still will always look back on that in terms of like this book was like healing for me mm. it was about starting it was about it's it's about so much more than it even just the words on the pages it was about being like okay i want to do something yeah and i'm gonna do it i'm yeah. gonna see it through i'm gonna work hard i'm gonna see mm. what comes out of this and um and yeah, like I have to say, like when I was putting out the collection, I was really nervous. I felt exposed. Mm. I didn't know what it would be like, but the reaction was so positive, so overwhelming. It actually yeah. was like, wow, like this can actually be a thing. Mm. Like, you know, like sometimes you're so hell bent on, I just want to get my story out there or I just want to do this. <laughs> yeah. But you don't actually realize that. <laughs> have you actually thought about what happens if people do receive the story? What's the follow up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. But no, it was, um, it's been a very, in terms of firstborn especially, it's been like a very warm journey is the best way to describe it. Like it's been nice because even though times where I felt stuck and stuff like that, um, I had to help, um, like my manager Celeste, she's like amazing. So shout out to her. She's like the most organized person. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I had a few emails Um, from her. Honestly, she's like so organized and um, I felt like she really believed in what I was doing. Mm. And I feel like when you when you put yourself out there and you're like, you're like right, this is what I want to do. I genuinely feel like things start working together. 100%. I feel like you put that energy out there and it comes right back. I think the moment you say, all right, this is what I want to do mm. before you know it. And um, even what I was talking about in my TED talk about not being afraid to share your dream. Yeah. That when you start putting it out there that, hey, so I want to do is what I'd love to mm. do. Um, you will start meeting people who are doing those same things. Yeah, like yeah. if you're having a chat with me saying, "Oh, do you know, what? I've been searching for I don't know an engineer." Yeah, mm. like I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that. So when I'm having a conversation with someone else, who's like, "Oh yeah, yeah," like I'm an engineer, I'm gonna yeah. remember like, "Hey, someone needs an engineer." Like that's literally how like logically how life works, yeah. you know. I think there's this weird thing about um, people being scared to share their ideas and their thoughts because they feel like people are going to steal them. But then there is the thing is that as we already talked about abundancy, like there is no such thing as someone stealing your idea and running away from it. No, with but it, like. I don't know. See, okay, over the slight, mm-hmm. I agree, mm-hmm. but I also say disagree. It's just that um, just what I've had done to me as well is that some of the fears of putting your work online mm-hmm. is that people can steal it. So like people can yeah. literally, you can literally put like I get what you mean in terms mm-hmm. of like the idea itself. No one can steal that I want to do poetry, yeah. for example. Yeah. But like I can put my work online. Um, and I can be like, hey, credit me, my name's on it. And you can, because it goes so far out, yeah. you could randomly have, And but the good thing about having a, I guess, 
a nice online community is that people will tag you and stuff. People will say like, hey, yeah. that's not yours. That's yeah. so-and-so. But that's if someone's trying to claim it as theirs, though. It's different yeah, if they're yeah, yeah. sharing it for sharing's sake and then claiming the whole Oh, of course. Because if I was to post one of your poems right now and not credit you and be like, oh, look at this wonderful piece. Like, it's, it's different to me saying, oh, look at this wonderful piece, which I wrote. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll be surprised. Or do people still do that? Yeah, people, people yeah. still people's... If, if people can still people's mm. identities and yeah, if they're the sure whole program the catfish identity. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. then yeah. people are more than happy to steal no, your words um, which is a shame because it's mm. like guys don't do that um, yeah. but I've also learned that that also comes part of the territory which is why now I've actually been a bit more protective over what I put out there because mm. um, from two points of view um, one um, a business point of view mm-hmm. like when it's like when you are like paid to mm like do readings write poetry whatever actually what people realise is that when you're putting on Instagram you're putting it for free Mm. Um, oh yeah do you see what I mean so then Mm. that's why I've come more to like kind of sharing my thoughts and Mm. stuff like that and plus it's Instagram so you can't really put full love poems anyway because people aren't really consuming it like that anyway so um, now I'm like don't get me wrong it's fine um, I can put out short quotes I can do stuff like that and it's nice and it's nice to start dialogue I like starting Mm. dialogue so it's nice but um, in terms of like actual poems, you got to remember that if you want to like write a book or you're trying to write a manuscript or a collection, that like, you want someone to buy mm. it. So yeah. if you put it for free. Yeah. So you have to use something to entice them to then want to seek more. And then, yeah, the more yes. comes in the back end. Um, yes. But um, so when you were putting out the book, um, as, a, as a journey, did you seek out professional help beforehand or did you write the piece and then? Um, so um, like I was kind of saying in my mm. TED talk, um, so I had written my manuscript, mm. right? And I think it was so different to the process of writing a manuscript now because I wasn't trying to write a manuscript. Yeah. I was literally just like, I had so much in my mind. Um, I was really, around that time that I was really, um, a lot of the writing was so emotive. So I was really like, mm. oh, do you know what? Mm. Let me write, this is how I'm feeling, blah, blah, blah. So I realised that, oh, I've got all of these poems and this feels like something. Mm. It feels like a, a lot of work, basically. Mm. Um... And so then that's when I set up a focus group because I really wanted feedback because writing can be very lonely and self-indulgent. And some mornings you can think this is fantastic and others you can think this is awful. Mm. So you need feedback. Like, do people feel anything? What are their thoughts on it? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the feedback was super positive, which really encouraged me. Who's the feedback from? Um, I literally set up a focus of random people. So people I knew, people I didn't know as well. People like, um, just because I want like men and women, just so I can Mm. get like... Anyone who I could gather together, I yeah. gathered them together. Um, and I really appreciate that, especially my friends who took part in that because um, that really helped me because if anything, it was like encouragement to be like, mm. I think you could, I think you could do this. You've got something here now, yeah. Um, and then it was the whole process of, do I get a, tradi- a traditional publishing house? Do I mm. do it myself? Blah, blah, blah. How did this work? And I think... I, the most of my journey I felt so out of depth at that time mm. because I knew what I wanted to do I knew I wanted to release it I knew all of these things and I could literally visualise my book in my head yeah. all these different things but then I was like I don't have to do this yeah <laughs> you know yeah. Um, then, then comes the process yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but I started doing research I talk about this in the TED talk but yeah I started mm. doing research 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 um, because when it's your dream you can't afford not to do research 100%. and actually there are some things that you will learn along the way so for me um i learned that actually there's loads of opportunities for poets mm-hmm. um there are like prizes competitions you can win where the price is that they will publish your oh, book wow. for you like there's so many different things that you learn along the way but you don't always know until you are in that in industry the, yeah. um i learned that you know even 
some publishers may look at your manuscript, but most most traditional publishers mm. won't look at your manuscript without an agent. These are all things that you oh, wow. like have to learn. So you need a representative to push it to them. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So um, and and even then, a specific represent that you need a book agent mm. because they have those contacts. So you you have to get picked up by an agent. So that's yeah. the whole process for yeah. yourself. Um, but I knew within me that I wanted to start. So even when I did get a, um, so I got an offer mm. and, um, at first I was like, yes, yes, yes. I've made it. This is fantastic. How do you get the offer though? So, um, so I found yeah. the publisher who, um, they're based over here and mm. in New York and I think. And you Australia. contacted them with your work. And, um, yeah. yeah so I, mm. like online, I found that they were taking submissions. They also looked at poetry collections, blah, blah, blah. And that you didn't have to have an agent. So I was mm. like, let me submit it. But at that time, I didn't even know if they'll get back to me. Yeah. Know what they'll say. So I was like, I still got to figure out how this can go. When they did, they were just like, yep, yeah, it's gone through a couple of rounds. We think this is an interesting read, blah, mm. blah, would like to work with you. I was like, yes, when they sent the contract to my house, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, we made it. <laughs> um, only because I had this massive fear of being um, like that person who's selling books out of their boot. I don't mm. know why. I just, in my dad, yeah. thinking, I'm going to this everywhere. Yeah. It's going to be so embarrassing. You're going to have to attend every event and but ask people to buy your book. You have mm. to get out of that mindset. Mm. It's so bad. And this is why I called it like, no one's coming to save you. It's this mm. idea that you need all these different things. Like mm. I'm, I'm there putting my nose up at someone who's selling their books and getting 100% of their profits. Yeah. Like, that doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Um, they're building a direct connection with the consumer as well and their and fans, yeah. Do you know yeah. what's crazy? Because even if you get your book published, you don't get it, or you self-publish it or whatever, mm. when you do a show, um, it's those people who are directly in contact with you yeah. who want to buy your book, yeah? yeah? yeah. And um, and I and I, I learned that, um, definitely learned that. And those are like your most loyal customers, mm. your most loyal fans, your most like, those are the people that like stick with you, yeah? yeah? Um, so yeah, so um, once I got myself out of some... I guess preconceived ideas and those that kind of mentality. I was actually more open to trying to do it myself. Mm. When they came back to me and gave me the offer, um, I read it, read it again, tried to get advice, all mm. of that stuff. And the truth is, it just wasn't good. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for my book. Yeah. The time scales didn't work for me. What they were offering me didn't work for me. And I was just like, there has to be another way. Mm. Um, and the reason I say important to research is that I started to look at people who were literally in the place that I wanted to be. Mm. And when I looked at their journeys, I found that loads of them had self-published or mm. at least started out self-publishing before being taken on by a major publisher yeah. later. And the game so has changed. There, people yeah. want to know what you're bringing to the table before they're investing into mm. you. And that's the reason why, like I was saying before, um, it's not always about... It's, it's not, no one's saying that this way is the right way, this way is the wrong way. Mm. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is that you need to be in a position of power to be like, actually, what is best for me at this particular yeah. time? So yeah, now I feel like I have more to bring to the table. So yeah, I'm hope like I'm having different conversations now than mm. I was before because yeah, no one knew you before. Um, that like companies don't know if there's interest mm. in you and stuff like that. But then you you spend time, you do the work, you yeah. work hard. You so got bargaining actually, power now. Yeah, hundred percent. And then when mm. people do come, you you still have the choice to be like, actually, mm. maybe I can do this by myself. And um. Part of the reason why I even share this kind of part of my story is because I did choose to self-publish and I'm so grateful that I did because one, the type of collection mm. that it was. Um, two, I'm on Instagram. Like, I know where the customers are coming directly to, to, to you, me. Yeah, you, you know? got that controlling power, don't um, you? Yeah. And yeah, um, and the good thing about like, so I published with um, Amazon's independent publishing company okay. called Create Space. And the thing is that they have, um, they have like access to loads of like, distributors and stuff mm. like that um 
And so before, I remember when I went to self-publish, someone said to me, like, oh, you know, like, your book will never be in major bookstores and stuff like that. Oh, but wow. my book's in, like, Barnes and Nobles, like, yeah. um, like really big, like, yeah. do you see what I'm saying? So, like, yes, it, it can actually happen. Mm. Um, it's literally all over the world. Like, sometimes if I, like, Google where the book is, I'm like, Sorry, like, how'd you get there? What's the weirdest place you ended up that you've heard? Um, so there was like a bookstore in actually, no, there's like a couple bookstores in India that stock here. Oh, wow! Um, and then I think the thing that was weird wasn't so much as that, it was on eBay, and I found it very weird because I was like. Yeah, because eBay seems like eBay. some independent seller that's exactly. yeah, flogging your book. Yeah, and um, but that also made me feel uncomfortable. Mm. So what I did also want to say there's pros and cons to all of the journey. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay, I started to do it myself, and I guess the share in terms of royalties was more. Mm-hmm. But actually, going through like Amazon, um, there are times where you can see very little of that money as well because it's yeah. gone to so many different retailers. Yeah. yeah. Um. Where, but then that's, but then I switched up again. I started selling books directly, also from my website directly. So oh, people okay. are getting it directly from me. So there are ways around it. But with all of what I said, you can't do any of this unless you're in the game to play it. Yeah. So if you don't start putting yourself out there, yeah, 100%. how do you learn how to do these I mean, things? I had a talk with a gentleman recently, and um, he was talking about how his business expanded and got to this stage that he got. And um, he said initially when he first started off his business, he didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. He didn't want no one to know about the business. He was mm-hmm. just working in the background. Mm-hmm. But then someone had told him that he should start opening his mouth and talking about what he does. Mm-hmm. So he realised that every time he went into an event or any time he met up with someone, he was like, oh, by the way, I do this. I yeah. do this yeah. and I do that and randomly somewhere in a pub he ended up meeting a gentleman who ended up giving the biggest opportunity of his life so he went from wow. a business he doesn't really want me to mention who he is but he went from <laughs> a business that was like I think like £250,000 in deficit from loans that he had taken from family and yeah, friends yeah. to this one opportunity from a guy he met in a pub the following year he took orders of about £15 million gross. Wow! For, just for word of from him opening his mouth and That's speaking crazy. to a random person in a pub so this person gave him an opportunity, Ooh. which then meant that his business was taking ridiculous orders from the following year onwards. Yeah. So he, he just emphasized to me that I need to start talking more about what I do and 100%. what it is I'm trying to get out yeah, there in the world. Yeah. So if I'm doing a podcast, when I do meet people, be like, oh, I've started a podcast, by the way. Check to. it out. Do you know what I mean? Let yeah. me know what you, you think. Got, you got to forget, like, you can't, no. You can't forget that people identify with people yeah and like what i found like so i remember when um especially when i first started doing poetry people were so like drawn to me and i kept saying why do people believe that it's gonna be good mm. they haven't even read it they don't even know like yeah. you know, no, they it's just like, hate poetry like, it's, Ooh, like, yeah. it's, like, it's like why do you believe me how do you just yeah. think this could be awful yeah mm. it's not guys i don't think it is but it's great <laughs> what i'm trying to say is that um it's because people identify with you it's usually when people are investing they invest into a person yeah 100 very rarely it is mm-hmm. what they're actually doing because there are loads of ideas out there but I find that like you said like if you put yourself out there and you are talking to people Mm. they fall in love with you and then they fall Mm. in love with what you have to say most definitely yeah and obviously it comes from you believing what it is that you're doing as well so if you're speaking speaking about it with conviction like people are going to get that energy off you so they're going to be like oh yeah like he or she believes in what they're doing so I'm going to then push forward that's amazing what what would you say is some of the biggest lessons that you learned throughout your journey so far in um, in poetry Um, you are not always going to be inspired Mm. um just because you are doing what your passion is doesn't mean that you won't get tired. Yeah. Um, drained. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny because you can be doing what you're passionate about and still feel the same sort of feelings that you do from like a job you hate. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's still like mm-hmm. like there's still work that's involved. Yeah. 
um, you still can get mentally drained. And actually, sometimes um, I always have this big fear of like poetry um, feeling like a job. But then it's hard because as you get more successful, quote unquote, yeah. that's what tends to happen. Um, but because it's so demanding, close to yeah. you, you're like, so when you have like deadlines, commissions, whatever, um, and you're thinking, but I'm not feeling inspired, but mm. I need to write about whatever. Um, those days are hard because yeah. you're like, all right, yeah. how are we going to rev up this engine? Yeah. yeah. But that's how you also train yourself to be a better writer um, and a better poet because um you can't always wait so if you're the type of person who writes when you are down mm. which a lot of people tend to do because that's where like raw emotion tends to come from mm. um and there's nothing wrong with writing when you're in a, an emotive state i've done it many times before but the problem with that is that it almost becomes like self-harm are you gonna wait till you're like mm. upset again before you can get anything out yeah. like that's an awful way to live it's like musicians that release their greatest music after a breakup yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, then, no, and then when they're happy, happy people are like oh this, yeah. the music is trash <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, well you don't want the person the, to be happy that's not fair because they need yeah. to be happy yeah they need so, to be different so, yeah. someone said something to me yeah and i have to just really reject this because yeah. but they were like oh sarah like um you know you're gonna have to just like stay single and i was like sorry mm. and they were like yeah yeah like it's part of the brand like they, <laughs> they can't they can't handle you if you were like oh yes yeah all oh, happy and loved up. um <laughs> But no, you guys yeah. can because I would like to be happy and loved. Yeah. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not that that has a bearing on anything. Yeah. But um, I do think that we need to start allowing people to be like a complete person. Mm. Um, but I do believe that once you have like skill, um, it doesn't like you'll start to find that the more and more you write, people mm. aren't looking for you. Like I said, they're looking for themselves. And yeah. actually when you are writing skillfully, um, forget where you're at in life mm. like I, feel, I see poetry almost like a window mm. and you almost let people in for a little bit and yeah. so people need to be like oh snap okay um and but you 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 decide when you want to like close and open that window if that mm. makes sense and so I feel like yeah what I'm trying to say is in terms of things that I've learned yeah you're not always going to be inspired but as you mm. grow in terms of like developing your skill that will mm. get easier and those periods of feeling um, uninspired will pass yeah that's what i've also learned and um, will definitely pass and that you start you need to start figuring out when i'm feeling um inspired why was i mm-hmm. and how do i get back there kind of mm-hmm. thing so now i've like learned and i kind of know that some people can i don't know sit in a park and be like oh yes nature let me write that mm. is distracting as hell for me. If I could oh, be it? sitting in a hot <laughs> park trying to figure out if my laptop's going to stay on, if I can see, like that mm. actually practically doesn't work for me. Mm. But actually what I do find is if I read um, an, um, like, um, an amazing collection or if I go to a great show or if I'm inspired mm. or I see some great visual art, when I'm super inspired, I feel like writing. Mm. So actually I can go to a show um, and come home and be like, right, I'm going to write because yeah. I'm feeling that way. So I feel like when you... So I know for me, when I'm uninspired, it's usually because I'm not reading enough. Mm-hmm. Um, there's literally nothing that's making me think, oh, I, I want to write kind yeah. of thing. Um, and I'm sensitive to that. So now I'm always like, sir, we've got to get your reading up. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's do the work kind yeah. of thing. Um, so yeah, that's probably the thing that I've learned along the way. Also, I've learned that not everyone is going to believe in you at first, mm-hmm. but that's perfectly fine. Um, I to be fair, I have very low expectations of people in general. Yeah, I think um, that's a way of overcoming it as well. Yeah, um, yeah. but um, only because I, I really, I 
I really see people as human. Mm. Like I see my parents as human. Like, mm. but it took me a long while to get there. Like I really mm. see people as human. So who are who are flawed? So mm. I'm, I don't expect people to be like. So if you say to me, "Oh, Sarah, like my dream is to be a world famous podcaster." Mm-hmm. I can say yeah, but it doesn't mean I'm checking on you every week to say how's that dream going yeah, and stuff like that yeah. because unfortunately not everyone will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay as well is what I'm saying. So in the beginning when I wanted to write a book, I kept telling people I'm going to write a book and everyone was thinking, oh no, nah, she's just upset. She came yeah. out of some relationship. Now she's saying she wants to write a book like who cares kind yeah. of thing. And, um, and I felt that, but because I was so determined, I was like, no, it doesn't matter. And um, but you do appreciate the people who do put in the work. Mm. So there are people who are really supportive and you have to like really um, hold those people close because mm. as you can see with others, they don't have to. Mm. Um, so yeah, so not everyone will believe in you, but that's okay um, because it sounds so cliched, but it doesn't make it any less true. Mm-hmm. You just need you to believe in you and eventually it, they yeah. will as well. Yeah. You think I don't have people who who claim like, oh yeah, I knew a Sarah's writing a book. Like, yeah. Sweetie, you weren't there when I was like... <laughs> when we be shooting in the gym. Yeah, when I was working hard. Like, you wasn't there. But, but um, even though you've managed to publish the book and stuff, do you still find that there's people that still doubt you in regards to, like, your next step or your next move? Or can, um, they, can they see it now so they, they approach you more as an expert now instead of... Yeah, novice? yeah and no. Um, so, yeah, as in, like, yeah, people do, like... People ask me literally all the time, like, mm. how do I do a yeah. book or um i'm really into poetry how do i get started or blah blah mm. blah 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 um and then there's some people where you write i know it's hard because i don't i don't want to say oh there's some people who like oh yeah they don't believe in me or don't think mm. i'm i should be there like i i actually just don't watch people yeah like, that's I, a good way of even like, if they did feel this way like yeah i don't care yeah. like um sometimes when you're new in the industry you can spend so much time trying to impress people mm who actually have no bearing on your life. Like like if you're trying to get better because you want to get better at your craft, that's something different. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to get better to impress people, you're going to always be disappointed. Mm. And what you find is that all the people who love you, you're just ignoring them because you're like, oh, I didn't win this poetry Mm. prize or I didn't do this or I didn't do that. Um, And you can get so confused and it can be so disheartening. I've seen that to happen to so many people. Um, And I've been in that kind of space myself where I've been like, oh, if I could just get this kind of accolade and all these people would respect me. Mm. But when you strip that away, why do you need them to respect you? Yeah, yeah. Um, in the definitely liberating, isn't it? Yeah. Like, um, and when you let that go, actually, I find I found that actually, um, yeah, you, 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 that, that quote-unquote accolades, they do come mm. um, as you work on yourself and work on your craft. Mm. And you find that the things that you think matter generally don't matter as much. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, maybe there are people who don't believe in what I'm doing, but mm. I don't that's, care. That's not your focus, yeah. <laughs> and and also, there's, there's there's difference in getting advice from an expert within the field and getting your opinions of a friend or yeah. like Joe around yeah. the corner, random yeah. Joe around the corner. So definitely, like, if you're going to do something, seek the expert advice 100%. from people that know within the field, and they tend to have your your best interest at they, heart. They yeah. do, like, mm. I don't. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. Mm. If you're getting um good advice from mm. like an expert or someone you respect or a mentor um they like they're not trying to put you mm. down like they're actually trying to help you mm. and um <clears throat> recently because i'm like working on a new manuscript i sent it to um i sent to a friend who's also a poet and a writer and mm. i respect her so much 
and um, all her notes that I went through, I really agreed with them because mm. I've, I've stopped taking it so personally that and then yeah. I want it to be the best it can yeah. be. So actually she's read this and she's like, oh, okay, um, I proper like, loved the way you started off strongly here, but actually I thought this could be a bit better mm. or have you thought about a better way of um, rephrasing this? Or actually I thought this bit was slightly clumsy actually. Mm. You're going to go back and put in the work because when you read it back again, you're like, it's a million times better. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been refined by someone that knows, yeah. 100%. Like, sometimes mm. it's so... When, I, when I'm, um, like, checking someone else's work or if I'm, like, reading through someone else's work, I can always tell when someone hasn't read it out aloud. Um, oh, for real. One thing we always forget when we're... Um, everything we write has a natural rhythm to things. Yeah. And uh, I remember one of my mentors saying that you need to read your work aloud and see if you can just clap to it. Not because it's a song, not because ah. it rhymes, nothing like that. It's to find a natural rhythm. Yeah. Um, and you find that sometimes when you read something aloud, it just like, even when you're, I don't know, if you're writing a, a long, a long worded email, mm-hmm. you can, when you read it aloud, you think, that doesn't sound right. That sounds mm. all over the place because you're hearing the words and um we forget to do those things. And so that's what I mean by it's really good when someone's giving you feedback mm-hmm. that you just remember like, they're trying to help you. Help you yeah. Don't want the people out there who aren't very nice, then don't give your work to them. But yeah. if you give it to someone who you trust, <laughs> yeah. um, and not just with them writing, any field, mm. if you're like asking for feedback, just be open to receive it. 100%. That's all. Yeah. What's the new work you're, you're currently partaking um, so in? So I'm what you've currently got working up. on a new collection. Amazing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because this collection, I feel like it's more of a mature version of myself. Yeah. It's a continuation um, of your life? No, not really. It's more, yeah, it's more what I've learned. So the book kind of talks about the idea of like, thinking about so I'm still thinking about love mm-hmm. but it's from an idea of um not understanding that love is not something that we own or belongs like it doesn't belong to us mm. but it's something that we experience and when we understand that we only experience people mm. um we can accept it whether it's going to be five days five years a lifetime like we can actually just take it for what it is mm. as opposed to being like I own you you said you loved me <laughs> and that's it be yeah. there. like because um, that's how we hurt ourselves mm. over and over and over again. So um, I guess I'm kind of looking at love in a wider sense and the things that I've learned through different experiences that I've had. Um, the book has so many like has themes of like still being black, being a woman, mm-hmm. um, navigating the world. Where is there mini poems like in unwanted. this book, by the way? Just um, no, actually, so this like book, book actually book. no. So this book is still a collection of poetry. But it has extended prose, which are kind of similar to best way to describe extended prose is like almost like short stories. Oh, okay, so um, so there's like some extended prose, but there's also short poems as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why like this book has like writing this manuscript has been so much more harder because yeah. it's physically requiring more of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, like more of me, like more of like things I've learned, um, more skill, just more of me, and I'm really hoping that. Um, my audience is able to grow along with me as I grow mm. because sometimes people know you for a particular kind of thing as in like we want some short quotes we want this that's yeah, it yeah. but now you're taking them in a different direction yes yeah. I'm hoping that they're willing to come on a journey with me that mm-hmm. as I grow um, they can see that within the work but I do believe that um, that they will see that because mm. um, I'm literally 
putting putting out there. Putting it out there. Is it is there a particular date and a name for the project yet, or is it? Um, too, so I do have to a, I do have a name. Yeah, it's not um, ready to. But I'm keeping it close to my chest. Fair enough. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll keep track of it. And wait yes, for it to come out. Um, yeah. I do have a name. Mm-hmm. Um, a date, not so much just yet. Um, mm-hmm. Conversations are still very much in place at the moment. Yeah. Um, in terms of how that's all gonna work, but yeah, I'm really excited for it because oh, I felt like I knew it was coming up to time for me wanting to do another one. Mm. How long has it been? But, like two years? Um, two years? Two three years? Yeah. Now? So awesome. yeah. So um, 2017, mm. um, it came out, and obviously we're coming into 2020, mm. and so it'll be yeah, it'll be like you know two three years. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to take my time. Like I didn't yeah. want to just be like churning stuff out. Like for me, it really is about the work. Mm. It's about like putting stuff out that, that I will feel proud of. Mm. Um, aside from anything that comes out of it, I've always wanted to write um, a collection because I said to myself, imagine if your grandparents yeah. like wrote a poetry collection. Yeah. Think about how much you'd understand them. You'll be so sick. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I want like years to come and yeah. maybe it's literally my ego, but I want like... <laughs> someone to read it and be like wow I really understood mm. her um, and that could be generational as well so yeah. your, your grandkids grand, great grandkids will be able to read it and get a deeper understanding and of our words are. last so much longer than anything mm. else when you think about like literature mm. when we've wanted to understand anything about the world we've yeah. gone to literature we've gone to text like, yeah. do you know what I mean so it was literally like my stamp in the world being like hey I was here in this moment and this mm. is what I learned oh amazing so, um, that's absolutely sick yeah. and we'll definitely be looking out for that um, so before I let you go I know it's a super hot day I'm so it, hot it is ridiculously hot in here myself, like, a million times <laughs> this is the first time I'm wearing shorts on the podcast so you know how hot it is it's her the rule but um, what would some of your advice be to any aspiring um, writers out there so not just poetry um, like any writers that you would want to do not be in a rush to publish mm-hmm. um, honestly because once it's out there it's out there yeah um, I can't stress this enough. Do not be in a rush to publish. Mm. I get on, I get so many emails from mm. people who are like, "I'm ready to publish. I want to do this. How how did you do it?" Mm. And it's like, how many times have you gone over your manuscript? How many yeah. times has it been edited? How many times like? Because honestly, it's about mm. the work. Like, if you want your book to be successful, mm. have a damn good manuscript, and then no one can like test it because it's mm. such a beautiful piece of work. Mm. Um, so I can't. I can't um, stress enough, do not be in a rush to publish. Like, mm. work on your manuscript. Um, let it go for a process of editing. Editing's always the hard bit. Like, mm. getting those notes back and having to fix it, that's hard, especially yeah. when you are so protective over your work. Um, sometimes it can feel like a jab to you, but mm. it's not. It's because the work can get better. Um, so, yeah, don't be in a rush to publish. Um, Stick with it because you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's like, yeah, it sometimes can feel like such a monumental task mm-hmm. and sometimes it's so easy to see the end and think I feel so far away from it. Yeah. But just stick with it. Like if you if you are trying to, if you are a writer, um, give yourself a plan, mm-hmm. stick to it. Um, like anything, yeah, you might have inspiration, but you need discipline. Discipline is super, super important. There are times where I'm like, the words aren't coming, but my laptop is in front of me and I'm like, we go make something happen because I've got a deadline, you know, um, and I want it to come out. So, um, yeah, stick with it. Discipline's important. Don't be in a rush to publish. Mm -hmm. That is my advice. And um, you will get stuck in your own head. I'm Mm. telling you, it's a given. Yeah. Mm. It's always that creative block, isn't it? I'm telling you, when Mm. you are writing, you'll be telling yourself, oh, this is trash. This is Mm. blah, 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 blah. When you are going down that road, take a step back. Mm-hmm. Maybe give it a day or two, read it again. And I'm telling you, sometimes you're like, oh, I wrote, I wrote that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's not too bad. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so um, don't mean to rush to publish. Work on your craft. Stay disciplined. Yeah. And don't get in your own heads. No, that's uh, that's amazing. Appreciate the advice as well, and I appreciate you coming down today on this super hot day to share your you know knowledge. <laughs> I mean, it's been it's been invaluable. Like I've I've actually soaked up and taken quite a lot of it, even though I'm not a writer. But in terms of like the the inspiration behind your journey mm-hmm. and you getting up and actually doing it, because mm-hmm. since I started this podcast, there's there's a general theme that I'm starting to notice about my guest, and a lot of them it's just a case of they got up and they done it. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of all of the boundaries, um, all of the negative energy mm-hmm. they had mm-hmm. initially. Mm-hmm. all of the doubts they just got up and done it and when they did do it there was a ricochet effect which mm-hmm. I can see in your life story as well mm-hmm. so there's a ricochet effect of doing it seeing the initial results and there's, there's a quote actually that I read that um, no sorry it was a it was a talk that I was listening to and the lady was talking about passion mm-hmm. and um, she had a different twist on passion she said there's no such thing as one direct one dimensional passion but mm-hmm. what passion to her is is the energy that she 100%. puts into anything that she does 100%. absolutely anything that she does and then when you start seeing the results that's when the true passion comes out 100%. do you know what I mean so for instance when I was younger if I, I wanted to be a footballer but it didn't happen but if I did become a footballer or if I did start seeing progression and I, and I was that top tier guy mm. i would have ended up developing that passion for 100%. it so sometimes what we need to do is like we're, we're rubbing the we're rubbing the stones against each other because we're not seeing fire we're like oh now i'm gonna give yeah. up now it's dead yeah. but if you're constantly pushing and you're constantly going at it when the fire does come it does light you up and you do develop the passion for yeah, it so. like that's perfect that mm. i completely agree with that um and sometimes when because you've got so much energy and all that passion it can get quite confusing when you're good at multiple things yeah um but yeah, I can't agree with what you said more. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And focus is obviously an essential part of that. But yeah, I really appreciate you coming in today. So Thanks hopefully we'll, we'll definitely catch up another time where like it's slightly cooler. I've got a silent little fan or aircon built in here Ooh, somehow because I am struggling. But yeah, appreciate it. We'll definitely catch up again. So. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, thanks for that. Mm-hmm.